our spirit. What is it? Where does it go? Are we able to see them using our mind's eye? If so, just what can spirit teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. And now your host, Diet Renee. Monday morning, everybody. Welcome. Oh my gosh, it's almost the end of January. This is Diet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. As you know, this is a show of which I talk a lot about spirituality or just life, but really how spirit is really affected life or how it does. And I do bring in a lot of different guests um, that um Oh my gosh, um, 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 all the um, um, ums that have had spirit affect their lives in some manner. Now, today I have the, I don't want to say the infamous Brian Cano on today. Um, this gentleman has been doing paranormal a long time. Oh my God, my nose is itching. My nose, my nose, my nose. Um, he, and he just knows the ins and outs of it. He knows, I mean, he's just incredible, incredible in the field. And I was so honored when he said yes. Sorry, guys. As you guys know, my nose itches every time I get on here. Oh, excuse me. I need to learn how to mute myself on this side. Ugh. Anyway, do do do. My nose, my nose, my nose. I'm sitting here trying to share this everywhere and sneezing and just having a great time. So if you all have tuned in already, I haven't looked at the page to say, hi, how you doing yet? I'm going to get to that in a minute. I just really wanted to do this part and sneeze. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Oh, my gosh. But um, I want to get this shared out like we do, as you know, um, because that way all these wonderful people that um, don't necessarily have um, notifications on the website itself or notifications on the Facebook site for the page, they can find it in other places. So. That being said, that's what we're doing. Oh my god, sorry guys, my nose, my nose, my nose. Um, hopefully that ends pretty quick here. It's gonna be a long show, you know. Um, do 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 let me see one more place. Oh my god, I am just this is taking longer than normal, and I apologize, guys. Normally I have this down and I can do this in about 10 seconds or well, more than 10 seconds. Maybe I'm procrastinating. Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> maybe I am, because that's really kind of my nature is anybody that knows me, my nature is, you know what, I'm, I'm not necessarily a procrastinator, but I really do wait for that perfect time to do things. Cannot necessarily say it's always the perfect time. Good morning, Miss Diedrich. Good morning, Tim. Good to see you too. Um, I just popped over to see the link really quick. I'm just trying to put this a little bit of everywhere and anywhere, um, just to get it out there. I just want to put it in one more spot. Anybody else out there that wants to share it, feel free to, because you know what? The more the merrier. And also, I was so, I was at an amazing event yesterday, guys. An amazing event. Um, I don't know, I know you guys know that the gentleman from my page, Mr. Terry Flick. And uh, 
Good morning, Kevin. Oh my God. Good morning, everybody. So our first lesson is patience. I don't know who wrote that because it's the same Facebook user, but that I, it really is. Your first lesson today is patience. But remember Terry Flick and Danny Lucemore? Phenomenal gentlemen. I have hosts my show when I'm not able to, to be there. And then also they got their own show on Fridays and it's Soul and Synergy, Soul and Synergy Radio, which is also awesome. Good morning, Miss Michelle. Good morning, Shell. Oh, I love your discussion on the paranormal. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed that, Shell. Um, anyway, my head's all messed up. So yesterday, yeah, I was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin at this phenomenal event. Terry and, and Danny hosted through Soul and Synergy or uh, Metapara Pro. They always have amazing events, but this one truly blew me away. And many, many accounts. Not only was just so much love and joy and unity in the air because the vendors were phenomenal. Um, oh my God, I lost Facebook. Ask me again. Tim, it's okay, Tim. I can never lose you. Oh, Tim, send me a message to remind me to make a phone call. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so. I was at this amazing event and literally, literally guys, I, I had to get up and out of my house by five o'clock in the morning to get to it. Didn't get home until almost nine o'clock last night, which was just crazy, crazy busy. And the day was phenomenal, but so many amazing things happened yesterday. And I think that's really what, where I need to go and talk about today a little bit was so many, the amazing things that happened. Okay. One, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to make a difference, always trying to make a difference, whether it be with the show or shows or readings or coaching or whatever it might be. And I was just dumbfounded, dumbfounded. I, I I just, I'm always amazed when people sit down in front of me and go, oh my God, I love watching your show. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? It really, like you listen this, thank you for the sport. And I'm always in awe because they always, good morning, Miss Lori. They're always informing me how the show helps them, how the guests are intrigued them and they learn so much and they're inspired. And it, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Um, good morning, Miss Cassie. I, I was sad I missed it. Well, you, will you be there again? I definitely will, darling. I, I love Terry and Danny. I'll definitely be back up in the area again. Um, good morning to whoever Facebook user that well, is right there. So, and then yesterday, so it really brought me, it brought me to this point Oh, towards the end of the day. It really was towards the end of the day. And this was after I, I did a lot of readings. I did my talk on mediumship within the paranormal, which really I was just kind of shooting it from the hip. Not a lot of preparation, but hey, let's just go talk about the story, you know, and see where it goes. But what I did was I, I did a no-no, guys. I do I did a no-no. And I go up to a friend's table and I love I love Christina. You know her Christina Bloom from the couple of shows that's on Friday night or Monday nights. And she was at a table next to me. And so we should have taken a picture. We had me, Christina, and Terry and Danny. And we did not take a WLTK picture. Oh, my God. We are so sad. But anyway, um, we were all there. And I walk up to Christina's table. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to pull a card. She's like, go for it. You know, thank God she loves me. Because, you know, it's just taboo. You don't touch somebody else's cards. It's really weird. Um, and I grabbed the card. And the first thing is, is I threw it on the guy. I'm like, F you. And I was like, oh, I didn't need that. But I did. But I did. Because honestly, I didn't ask a question. I just went and yanked a card. And um, matter of fact, I'm going to have to have to ask Christine what the name of the deck was. So I buy that deck too. But it was financial freedom. Financial freedom. And it's not in the way 
that you think, okay? It wasn't meaning that, oh my God, all this money was coming to me, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't that at all. It was more about to the tune of stop hiding. Stop hiding who you are. Stop standing in the shadows. Allow that energy to be fluid. Allow that energy to roam. Um, yes, have intent to it, but really allow, allow others to see you. And take the stigma off of money. Take the stigma off of abundance. Take all of that off. And I was, it hit me because although phenomenal card, and I wish I knew the name of the deck because I would just, I would read the whole thing to you. But what hit me is I've been having a lot of revelations over the last few weeks about being seen. And yeah, guys, I'm on the show. And yeah, guys, I do Facebook Lives every once in a great while. And yeah, I do a lot of different things. But really, it made me think. And it made me go deeper. It just made me go deeper and start thinking. And before I could really start to put all that together, you know, I said, I looked at her, I said, I'm going to pull another card. I said, but this time I'm going to ask a question. She goes, yeah, you didn't do that last time. And I went, no, I didn't. I just went and grabbed one. So I literally went and um, I went, what's going to go on with this book that I'm supposed to write? I hear a lot about it. it it's uh, a lot about it. And brought, you know, what random person brought it up yesterday. So I thought, you know, let's see. Let's really see. And it pulled the card and it basically said, trust in God and ask for help. Didn't like that one. Flipped another card. The next card was basically the angels will come and will help guide you. I didn't like that card. I flipped another card. And it was let the flow and let the process. And I was like, you know what? I'm about over this. I flipped one more card. And it said, have fun. And then I had to look down at all four of these cards. And went, oh, God, they say so much. They say so much. And it's really strange because that, that whole speech about God not only came into those cards, but it also came into my speech about the paranormal yesterday and my belief system. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to hear this because I didn't. I'll tell you what, in a really good reading, you're not necessarily getting what you want to hear. You're getting what you need, okay? And I will tell you that when you sit down in front of me, I can ask you all day long what you want me to tell you, but you're going to get what you need. You know, I mean, it's just the way spirit works, you know, and it's awesome. It's awesome how it works. So after I looked at all these cards and I went, oh, God, it's just too much. I don't even want to look at that. Like, give me an answer. I was like, give me an answer that's yes or no. You know, give me something that I'm like, tangible, i got to do this. And I went over and I sat at my friend Danny's table, Danny Lucemore. You, you, you know him from Friday's show. And I, and, and I literally sat down in front of him and he looks at me and goes, so I'm hearing that I'm supposed to ask you about this book. I'm like, really? Really? Really, spirit, is it never going to go away? And I looked at him. I said, I think this is the year that's finally going to get done. Good morning, Miss Kimmy. And uh, he's like, really? And I said, you know, I've done a lot of soul searching on this and the reasons why it hasn't been written. And I was laughing. That's why people avoid reads. Exactly, Casey. Um, and I said, you know, I've done a lot of soul searching. I've done a lot of soul searching. I've done a lot of thinking. I've done a lot of seeing things in different lights. And it was really, I told him, I said, it's so funny because 
I always had a lot of reasons not to write the book, but it wasn't until the last like three months, if that, maybe three months, there was a revelation of why I haven't written the book. The real reason is because I haven't understood my life yet, but I'm really starting to. You know, I, I sat down with my mother and, and had a conversation. And I look, we, through the conversation, I looked at her and said, oh, my God, Mom. She goes, well, I said, I've been homeless. She goes, yeah, a couple of times. And I went, oh, my God, I never, I would never have thought that. She goes, Tiad, how many people can take a garage or a shop and turn it into a home? But you did. And I went, whoa, 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 that's huge. Because I never seen myself as as that. And then a few weeks ago on the show, and I didn't speak about this, but some, one of the other guests were talking about it, talking about things. And I had another huge revelation in my life. And it all had to do with the hiding. It all had to do with the hiding. And I went, you know what? I'm a person. I'm just an open book. I'm blah, blah, blah. You ask, I'm going to speak. I'm going to tell you more than you ever wanted to hear. So what is my issue? And spirit went, you've been in hiding your whole life. And I didn't know what they were talking about. So then my mother and I sat down for another talk, and it had nothing to do with that. But we talked about special times that I remembered having with my mom. And I didn't have as many as I'd like. And she went, that was because we were always hiding. And I went, what do you mean? My mother moved us a lot. I mean, a lot, like every, I, I, I've been in more schools or back and forth between two cities and a lot of different schools over the years growing up. And it was because she was always hiding me from my mom, my father, hiding us from my father, because my father, my biological father was not a nice guy. So she was always hiding me, but in plain sight, because I still went to school. I still had friends. I, you know, I still played a little bit, but she always hid me to keep me safe. And that was mind blowing. And I went, oh my God, I've held on to that. I'm 52 now. I've been holding on to that my whole entire life, a sense of hiding. So yesterday I took it one step further. And Danny asked me, he said, what, what is your problem with writing the book? What, what, is, what are you hiding from? What is it about? And I said, because the book's about my life. He goes, so write it. And I said, but what if they find out the truth about me? And he goes, the truth of what? And I sat there and I spit everything out. He goes, yet you already talk about this and i'm like i do but it you know what in my mind my life is shameful and he goes whoa wait a second nothing in your life have you done to you everything in your life is owned by somebody else and you're the product of no child asks to be molested no woman walks wants to go and say oh pick me the man that's gonna abuse me the most and these are the things I want. These are shameful topics. These are things that people are shameful of. And he said, but what better reason to write the book but to help people understand? And I went, whoa. And he said, you have nothing to be ashamed for. And I looked at him. I said, I really have no reason to hide anymore. And he went, no. And I went, whoa. And then I had to think about the cards that I pulled. It was a whole process of just trusting in God, trusting in spirit, asking them for help to, to write it, to understand it. And then I took it one step further and I went, well, what else is possible in my life? And I heard nothing. 
absolutely nothing else is impossible in my life. And I went, whoa, that's even bigger. I mean, that's huge. We, we're told it all the time. Right? We're always told, think outside a box. Anything is possible. I mean, just a million things we are told of, right? All the time, told, told, told. But, you know, we don't necessarily, um, we don't necessarily, okay, perfect. Thank you, Tim. Um, we don't defend. Defects we have to protect us no longer need to be used. Trauma response hiding is no longer serving a positive. Exactly, Casey, exactly. But it really made me start to realize that we limit ourselves on so many, so many aspects. And I do believe it comes from years upon years upon years. And I'm talking not like my 52 years. I'm talking hundreds of years, hundreds of years of going back to all these taboo subjects and and things that were supposed to go hush in the night and things we're not supposed to talk about and, and so many things. Oh my God, it's insane. And not only does it create a feeling of being shame, like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I cannot share this with the world. Excuse me. And there and therefore, when you do that, you really are not yourself within the world, are we? We just kind of hold on to that. But what it also does is it puts a limitation on ourselves. Limitation. That's a hard one, isn't it? To be limited. Okay. Now, when you look at a life psych, they will they bring up that wonderful box. But step in the box, don't go outside the box. Everything's in the box. It's nice and neat in the box. Well, I don't know about you. I don't fit in a box. Matter of fact, in my head, I can see myself getting out of the box and just crunching down the sides of it and throwing it like a Frisbee into a fire pit and getting rid of that box. Because there's nothing in this world that should limit us. Nothing in this world that should limit you. At all. No box, no society. I'm, I'm going to dare to say it, but not even our parents and our parents' belief system. Because remember, they were raised by their parents that were raised by their parents and, and so on and so on and so forth. And um, that will really cause an issue, won't it? Sorry, my nose today. I literally, I did this adrenal thing today, guys. It was really awesome. I, I did it for the first time and it opened up my sinuses, but now they're draining. Shell, all of those experiments are what brought you to where you are today. Exactly. Writing the book will help others... You have had similar experiences based on the spiritual growth, soul growth and him. And that's exactly it, Shell. And that's what I came to realize yesterday. That, um, I mean, I knew it here. I knew it here. I wasn't experiencing it here because I was limiting myself. I was limiting myself on the basis of saying, I can't do this. Don't look at me. I'm shameful. A million things million things. But like I said, through this revelation, it's teaching me to kick that box away. It's teaching me to say, you know what, I may not be the most eloquent speaker, because we all know I'm not. You know what, this mouth is unfiltered. It has no eloquence. There's no big words in there. Unless they're medical terms, there's no big words. I was not taught by the book of etiquette, guys. It is out the window. I am all me. I am unfiltered. You know, I I am a person that's out there. 
And maybe that's going to be a select few that will look at me, but maybe the title of the book is going to just have to be unfiltered with me. Who knows? Um, or a really good editor that knows how to write, take my thoughts and write it. Um, but with that being said, it is a matter of, it's really a matter of, you know, like they said, bringing that in, bringing that out, unlimiting myself and unlimiting yourselves. Oh, thank you, Jody. But it's unlimiting yourselves also, guys. Where in your life are you putting limitations on? Where in life have you put yourself into a box? And where in life have you built those walls up? Now that box, I will tell you, let's look at this box. This box is one. This box puts us in there and it limits us. It stops us from thinking outside the box. It stops us from being creative. It stops us from thinking this too shall pass. It stops us from thinking what else is possible. But what else that box does is it does a whole lot of protection, doesn't it? If I'm scared, I can call my box. If I'm unsure of myself, I can call my box. If I'm uncomfortable, I can bring a blanket and get in my box. And that's what that box is. And no way, shape, or form is this box serving. <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure who did that, but thank you. And there's always a replay, guys. There's always a replay either on Facebook or through the podcast forms. So how many of you guys, I mean, you got you got two choices here, guys. I have two choices. I mean, you got a lot of choices. I'm not going to limit you to two because there's a lot of them. We can stay in the box. We can get outside and crush the box. We can burn the box. Hell, if you want to paint rainbows on it and keep your box, you can get a bigger box. I mean, do whatever you want because this is your life, your journey, and your limitless existence. My suggestion is get out of it. My suggestion is to look at yourself in the mirror and go, holy shit, I'm unique. There really is nobody else like me. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of like my mom and yep, my best friend. Yep, we're kind of similar, but really you're unique. I know I look at myself that way. And it's amazing because when I do look at myself and I do look at other people and I go, wow, you know what? I'm not the eloquent speaker. I'm not the person that has all the big words. I'm not, you know, all of those things. But I have a lot of friends that are. But it doesn't mean we don't get along any less. And it doesn't mean that they look at me any different. They actually bring me up to them because they're saying to myself, I don't have to limit you. And I don't think you have to limit yourself either. So today going forward, look at those things in your life. Look at those things and circumstances that maybe you've looked down on yourself a little bit or you're, you felt shameful for or you felt like you needed to hide. Put them in a perspective, guys. Put these thoughts into a perspective. And then put them behind you. And realize that you don't have to be limited by those. There's too much life in front of you to always sit in the past and to realize that sometimes when you speak about it, you're going to find out a lot of people are going to be there with you on the same couch speaking about the same things. So get out of your boxes, you guys. Smash them down. Burn those boxes. Get rid of them. That's my choice. You know, have fun with it. Have a party and stop limiting yourself. With that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick station break, and I will be back with Sir Brian. This is Diet here on Skill Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com.
The Body Code is a revolutionary method of energetic healing developed by Dr. Bradley Nelson, which allows us to quickly and easily identify specific imbalances that seem to underline chronic ill health, acute and chronic pain, and discomfort, dysfunction, and stress. Ellie energetically connects with the subconscious of the client. Psychic medium Ellie Weisensell is a medical intuitive and energy healer and a certified body code practitioner. She identifies and clears energetic imbalances within the body and energy field. Contact Ellie at the website below and Ellie can work remotely from a distance, by phone, online, video chat. There's no need to travel to an office. Remember, the body code is safe for humans and animals. Contact Ellie today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to School Through Spirit with Diet Renee here on WLTKDB.com. This morning, I have Brian Cano. Now, Brian is a TV personality within the paranormal researcher. He's a curator, a lecturer. He is an author. Now, Brian has been featured on Travel Channel's Paranormal Caught on Camera, Doomsday Caught on Camera, and the guest on History Channel's The Curse of Oak Island and The Unexplained. He's well known for being on the Haunted Collector team. And uh, he's also an author of Grains of Sand, which was came out February of 2022. Please welcome Brian. Hi, Brian. Good I Googled. Morning. Can you believe it? You Googled that is definitely a step forward. I commend you for that. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the 21st century. Welcome. Thank you. I thought you'd be impressed with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little and just I joked everybody because I'm not a Googler of people. But this time around, I wanted to do it. I wanted to know a little bit more about Brian before I brought Brian in. So, Brian, with that, um, now I, I know everything I just read about you. And this all started actually more in recent years. But really, did paranormal, where did paranormal start for you? That's kind of a mixed bag because usually people will ask either how'd you get started or when did you really start looking into this and that mm -hmm. is the twofold question of when you're a kid you love these things i loved looking into mysteries and hearing about legends and stories and mythology and when you're young that stuff resonates you are informed about the world through the stories you hear and when I was young, I loved shows like In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. I would love hearing about the urban uh, legends in my hometown and hearing about ghosts and, and things like that. But something happened as I got older, went to school, got out of college. You really get bogged down. Some of that's the color of our world gets sucked out as we're told to join the workforce, commute, pay your taxes. The drum beats <laughs> and you follow <laughs> like that classic Apple computers commercial where it's just drab. It's very 1984 and the, the, the girl runs in and throws a hammer shattering the screen. And for me, that screen shattering came in 2002 
when some friends and I started doing a cable access show here in New York City called Scared on Staten Island. And at the time when I began my official paranormal journey, I was a skeptic and I remained so for many years. Yeah, I like hearing how you're a skeptic. I, I like that. And I almost wonder if you're still a skeptic when you walk into places still today. You know, kind of like you know it there, you know what happens, but is it really happening here? My stance on my skepticism is that it's a healthy thing. The The opposite of skepticism is naivete, and you don't want to be naive. You don't want to believe everything you're told. That being said, you want to keep an open mind. So it's very much a metronome, a sliding scale. It's constantly some people I believe more, others I believe less. And yet I'm not skeptical of the phenomena. I know okay. it's there. I've experienced it. It's the people that I'm skeptical <laughs> of. And for every report of something fascinating, like, all right, perfect example. I, you, I don't know if I, if I complained about it to you last year, but I have had this crazy aversion to going to the Conjuring House out in Rhode Island. And not because of the house, not because of, not because of anything the house did or rumored uh, activity there. It's because everybody sees the movies and assumes they're going to have the same experience that the parents did in the 70s. Yeah. That was 50 years ago, people. <laughs> Let's use common sense. That being said, everyone is conjuring house, conjuring house, conjuring house, conjuring house. Like they're parroting and they don't know why they're parroting. They see it on TV, so it must be true. Yeah. And again, I I finally went there last week. Um, oh, did you? Some friends of mine, and I I did my best to not let all the hype wash over me. Yeah. And I think it's a, a cool location. I have some uh, mentors of mine who are like, yeah, oh, you go there, you're definitely going to have an experience. I didn't. But that being said, I wouldn't come away and say, oh, that place isn't haunted. Because as we know, you can't just go one time, have one go at mm -hmm. it and make a decision. And just like with us, spirit, where we are, they are. Yep. That particular night, I was there. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were doing yeah, other yeah. things. Uh, so, And it's funny you brought that one up because I, I know Chris, the grandson, and I actually brought that up. I'm like, I want to hear about the Conjuring House. He's like, the, the what? He goes, oh, yeah, growing up, that wasn't a big case. It wasn't talked about. No. You know, he was like, honestly, they should have picked a different case that could have really blown up in the theaters. <laughs> I just, I kind of laugh by it because that's what TV does. It does. Movies do. You know, it's it's really not really what's in our face, the reality of it. So I want to talk about, because I, I I seen today about Scared on Staten Island. Now, how did you and your friends just start doing that? I mean. We were always a creative, creative bunch. We like to do skits and comedies and little shorts on film. And okay. while many others spent their time going out and and doing being social we stayed in and said all right we're gonna we're gonna film this we're gonna shoot that we're gonna we're gonna parody this right. and we really got our creative um foundation built in those days of just making stupid movies and silly little skits but that evolved into well all right let's do something about urban exploration let's 
go into the legends that we've heard about our hometown here in Staten Island. And originally it was it was meant to be a limited run, just one of the projects we did before we moved on to the next thing. And the plan was a six episode run. Mm -hmm. uh, this is and bear in mind, this was 2002. There was That's no ghost hunters, time. no ghost adventures, no travel channel, paranormal 24 seven programming. Right. It was just, okay, we're in this abandoned place or whichever one we, we selected our friends, our cameras, some basic, basic stuff like baby powder ropes, uh, toy cars, and mm -hmm. we wanted to see if we could experience anything paranormal. And the mm -hmm. plan was, all right, we're going to do the six episodes and go. But what we didn't tell anybody was that the first five episodes were legit. We really did and went uh, and did our thing. When right. people watch it, and, and again, some of the episodes are unwatchable. Shaky right. cam, bad lighting, like there was almost no production value. But <laughs> It was raw. It was mm -hmm. honest. And people would watch and go, you guys are crazy. I, oh, oh, I would never go in there. Oh, my God. I'm surprised you guys didn't die. And I'm right. thinking, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't <laughs> die either. But to speak to that, the sixth episode was what we fashioned internally as the Halloween episode. And mm -hmm. it starts out just like any other one did. We're tromping through the woods, trying to find this supposed location. We're like, oh, we can't find it. We're lost. Finally, we find it. And once we enter it, all sorts of random weirdness and strangeness happens until one by one, each member of our crew goes missing or gets hurt. Ultimately, we all perish until the last shot is my buddy Chris facing off against this, this hand that's coming towards him, this rubber monster that we had. Uh, and then it tape end. And it was supposed to be very much like a Blair Witch found footage because we plan to disappear for like a year. Right. let people wonder what happened to us and then come out with a comedy or something something separate but people right. loved it so much they had such a good reaction to the show in general that and we enjoyed doing it right that we just we kept doing it and now 21 years later here i am i love it but you know you shouldn't let me google because your acting didn't start there <laughs> somewhere your acting and then paranormal came together. You know what I mean? And I already knew about one. I already knew about one, but I was blown away when I seen, let me see, let me, I mean, just the red line, you know, big, so many other different things that you've been part of that people don't realize Brian really got to start as a kid. Paranormal maybe came later. I was a cute kid. I, will say that. I don't know. Were, I got the picture. You were a cute kid. <laughs> I don't know what happened when I got older, but my mother was one of those those mothers. She she was super into the activities. She piano lessons, karate, like whatever there was. She she took me to it. We mm -hmm. were doing it, and one of those things was going on auditions. Oh, and I can't say I really understood what it was I was doing. Mm -hmm. In that, all right, I'm young. Oh, we're taking. Oh, we're, we're taking the, the the train into the city. Oh, we're taking the ferry of the train. And to me, it was a big commute. And uh, in the mm -hmm. 70s and 80s, Manhattan was a different place. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of scary. It was the scary city. Right. And I'm going in there. And then the excitement started in that, you know, we're in a room. I'm in a room full of other kids. And they, oh, here, read these lines. And I, I don't think I was ever really good enough at, at the time to mm -hmm. become the next uh, child star, which 
might be good because I'd probably be dead or on heroin right now. But, <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> I I I booked extra roles, so I was mm -hmm. a background actor, which pretty much just said, "Yes, yeah, stand there, <laughs> just just fill the background," which in film is an important part it's to important. make the scene feel alive. Yeah. And for all the background roles that I did when I was a kid, uh, the only one that I could see myself in the movie when I when I watch it is big. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the other other movies I've been in, I, I look, I, I remember where I was and I remember the scene, but I try to fast forward and pause and I can never find myself in a big, I'm like, oh, there I am. There, there I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But if you think about it, you know, because like today I was talking a lot about getting outside of a box. Your mother never put you in a box, it sounds like. Yeah. Your mom, literally what your life is all about, I'm going to do this. I can, what else can I do? What, what else is possible? You know, yeah. which I think is, I think it's a great way of, kids should be raised that way. You know, we should be, we should raise ourselves from 50 on there. You know? <laughs> what else? What else is there possible? And that's what I wanted to bring up is just people don't realize that, you know, paranormal might have started here but really it is your you're thinking outside the box the way you were raised that really has changed and transformation your life to what it is today which to me is phenomenal so yeah you know. i enjoyed it it's and, and that's the thing you know, like we we always talk about the box think mm -hmm. outside of the box I and i box. tend to say well get rid of the box yeah. because the things inside the box i still need i still mm -hmm. want don't ignore the things in the box they're important Thinking right. outside the box is just saying, oh, I want more things. So how about get rid of the box? And now I have all these things to consider, all these pieces, almost like a, a Lego set that you just dump on the floor and you say, okay, what am I, what am I going to make today? Yeah, which is, I, I think that's an incredible way of seeing it. I really do, because I hate that box. <laughs> and every time I'm doing something wrong, I'm usually in the box. In the so, box, yes. I'm in the box, you know. What's um, in the box? What's, what's in the, the box? box? I need to get a cute unicorn box, paint it, you know what I mean? So when people look at it, they just laugh at the box anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just make it something different, you know? Um, I also want to go into something else people don't realize. And, you know, I, you know, Ani is asking, where's Mike? Well, Mike was here a few weeks ago. But you know, I wanted to put out there because there's, most paranormal people don't research or don't look I will say, I don't want to bridge this as an uh, umbrella statement to all um, paranormal people, because it's not. You keep almost so, saying you people. And it's funny that you're you trying people. to, I hear you trying to get around it. You people. What do you mean you, you people? people? Well, I always laugh now, too, because when I start to explain <laughs> paranormal to people, I'm like, you know what? There's so few that are not paranormal now that, you know, because paranormal is just anything not normal. But I really want to kind of look past that. and. You looked and you look into what history is of par you know, history of paranormal, whether it be spiritualists, the Fox sisters, you know, Alan Kardec, whoever it might be out there, you have a good understanding of all things that came before, say, this century or last century, you know, and you have an understanding of that. Do you feel understanding what who some of these characters are in time and what they did really has helped shape and change things of today? Absolutely. Uh, history is obviously a very important part of the work that we do. And you almost can't find a paranormal group who doesn't say, I, I love history. We love the history. And right. usually that ends at the tales that the homeowners tell you or the caretakers pass on. But really, there is a foundation under everything that we do that I think is so important. And this is what inspired me to 
create my history of the paranormal mobile exhibits. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the box. I also talk about the bubble, okay. paranormal bubble. The paranormal community is kind of a small bubble. We are very much a small subset, even though it seems like, wow, everyone's in it. Given the population, it's still very small. And everyone inside the bubble is interested in this topic, but doesn't always know where to go to get the information. And they watch the TV shows and that's where it ends. If the, if the show didn't inform me, I don't look further. And I said, well, guys, everyone on the show, everyone who you just saw mm -hmm. most likely has some bit of that foundation. So you don't see it. There's no time to, to get to it, but it exists. And if you want to get into this, you need to know those things. <laughs> you brought up the Fox sisters. Yeah. The Fox sisters. Uh, Manuel Swedenborg. You talk about uh, names like, all right. And even, even in those who are into the history, you say, well, who's the father of EVP? Some will say Radovay. Some will say uh, Jorgensen. I'm like, hey, well, wait a minute. What Attila von Soleil? Like, who? Yeah, exactly. This is this is something that there are names, and they're not going to be uh, have TV shows based on them. There's going to be no movies, but the footnote in history of what they accomplished mm -hmm. is important. And I feel like, yeah, I'm on TV. I pop up from time to time. I would love to be a, a post at a footnote somewhere in the paranormal history where a hundred years time later, someone will go, Oh, Oh, Brian Cano, he did something. Oh uh, yeah. The, the Cano uh, uh, quotient says that blah, 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 EVP. And yeah. we're all putting our pieces into it. And again, that Lego set I, I told you about, we're mm -hmm. all adding pieces. We're all throwing uh, things into the pile and what we make with it together is important and that's why i'm bringing this exhibit state to state to state to state i'm, I'm aiming to get to all 50. i have been to nine so far mm -hmm. the 10th one is scheduled for um, march 4th so Ooh. just over a month i'll be in delaware for the 10th Ooh. showing of, of the exhibit and there's two more uh, after that book for this year so i'm, I'm moving along i want to talk more about that exhibit because i honestly think that is your footnote you know, every time I look at it, because, you know, you brought up different TV shows and movies and yeah, it, they, they're not all same, all same old, but they're, we, they were for a while and, and I, you can see things are trying to change, but you're really taking, you know, objects, you're, you're making this more tangible for people. You know, what I do is not necessarily tangible. What you're doing is making it tangible. So I want to talk more about that exhibit that's traveling and what you're trying to make people aware of. It's. The tagline of it is to move forward, often you must look back. And yes, we can't move forward together as either a community or a field of research or anything without looking back to see where we've been. Mm -hmm. And you look at some of the names, you look at some of the concepts, take the entirety of the spiritualist movement. Mm -hmm. It's very much parallel to what you're seeing now in the paranormal and that right after the American Civil War, there was a focus on death and loss and what was it all about and why did it happen and can we still reach our loved ones and this happens cyclically throughout history typically after wars or some big tragedy where people want to reach out and be comforted by the notion of something greater and in the spiritualist movement you had physical mediums mental mediums spirit photographers and the famous ones we know about typically were frauds or at the very least were caught in some fraudulent activity. Mm -hmm. Now, 
history has a way of bringing everything into black and white that it's either all this or all that. Now you right. take the Fox sisters who came up, grew up in a haunted house, mm -hmm. started finding a way through via knocking to mm -hmm. connect with these spirits and were kind of the, the paranormal rock stars of their time in that they Saturday nights, Friday nights, they were out doing seances. They were connecting people. They were, they were, they would have been on the travel channel had it been now. Well, you know, they did the very first ever, you know, gallery or demonstration of paranormal that's recorded. Right. Now, yeah. and that's, that's the thing to them. It, 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 this was a new medium and other people said, oh, look at what they're doing. We can make a buck off of this. And now mm -hmm. everybody is throwing their hands in, whether they're good, whether they're not, whether they get famous or not, people were trying it. And eventually you would have that pushback. You would have the skeptics going, hey, I don't believe in this. I'm going to find out how they did it. One of them, the most famous one probably, uh, being Harry Houdini. Mm -hmm. Harry Houdini, uh, ghost hunter Harry Price. Mm -hmm. The Harrys were the, the guys who were picking out things. <laughs> don't William, name your kid Harry. <laughs> William William S. Mumler, William Hope, spirit mm -hmm. photographers, both caught for, for fraudulent activity. So yeah. William's bad, Harry's good. <laughs> I don't know if that says something about the, the royal family, but we're not going there. <laughs> um the ironic thing about this, you had so many spirit photographers and mediums that were caught mm -hmm. being fake. We mm -hmm. still take spirit photography. We still use mediums. And for many, for those who are skeptical, they'll be like, look, that's that's fake. It was proven fake. They, you, that doesn't exist. And yet for the others, they're like, well, I believe. And again, it's a very black and white, but the world is gray. There are shades. There are different colors. And even for the Fox sisters who admitted faking things with, mm -hmm. yep. you know, cracking their bones, which means they probably need some more calcium or something. Um <laughs> It doesn't mean they were faking it the entire time. People people will ask me, and I'm sure you get this mm -hmm. all the time. They'll ask, oh, that psychic I see on TV. Tell me, are, are they for real? Are they fake? <laughs> and I said, look, they're human beings. Yeah. They'll have good days. They'll have bad days. And you know, you're seeing a fraction of that. So I can't say, yes, this person is fake. I don't know. You know we, we, it's, it's, it's great. We, we do what we can. Yeah. And I, I love how you look at that. I love how you look at in that aspect, you know? So how do you feel about those objects then? All those haunted objects. <laughs> All the haunted objects. All the haunted objects. Um, you know, I've heard some stories and I do remote viewing or people have had me go read a few infamous haunted objects and I see them in rocking chairs and very harmless, like they're not doing anything. And then I hear about them now. I'm like, okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it it is an offshoot of our current fad with celebrity and that again you have your movies you've got your Annabelles you've got your uh Robert the Doll you've got all your very well-known objects that are connected with paranormal activity and people go I want to be part of that story I want to be the next fill in the blank here and I've noticed people are really buying up, trying to collect and trying to amass these haunted objects. Now, there's only a handful of people uh, and a handful with fingers left over people that I know that really do and should collect mm. and house these objects. Right. And it's kind of crazy to me. And, and again, it can be harmless. 
-hmm. But I feel like why would you want to tempt that negative side in the respect that for every harmless doll that just maybe has a little bit of uh, energy attached to it, there might be one that has a bad mojo and you're willingly bringing this into your home. It's like, it's dark tourism to the nth degree in that would you take home a rock from Chernobyl? Right. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you want that? It's 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 got energy attached to it that you don't understand, you can't control, and to say, look at all my haunted objects. I've got cancer now. Like, <laughs> what's, would you do that? Probably not. Right. And I, I, I'm getting worked up about this. It's all. I, I know, but I know it's a subject that, you know, you look at and you think about, you know, because I, I mean, I have no haunted, as far as I know, I have no haunted objects mm-hmm. in my house. I will say as far as I know. I know I did back in the day, you know, because um, back when I was barely have my own home and kids and no money, I used to go to a lot of different places and and buy things at Goodwills or save a lots or rummage sales, like everybody does. And I think a lot of people still do. And I couldn't I couldn't fathom why also one day everything got negative in my house and everything was just everybody was ornery and crabby. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I got a hold of my sister who was very religious and she said, You've got something in your house. And I went, What? And I went, oh, so I ended up going through all the stuff I'd gotten and gotten rid of it because I had one object in my house that carried that type of energy. Mm. You know, I mean, and I mean, everything got happy after that. So, I mean, maybe it's because I got to shop again. I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> there's always that possibility, you know, but to me, it's things do create, you know, things do carry energy. Yeah. At least in my world, they do. And with that being said, I want to talk more about the investigations that you do. Um because there's a, you know, everybody, like you said, you went into the conjuring, you know, there wasn't a spirit there yesterday, you know, but have you gone into those places and you have a lot of that residual energy, just the energies in the building without the spirit. And then how do you start to like debunk and or prove that? At this point in my career, I feel I've graduated out of the investigator phase and not to say that i don't investigate or uh it's it's something that's completely behind me i've pretty much boiled down and i've been inspired by loisa ryan who uh in the ryan research center her husband was doing experiments with gadgets she was categorizing and she was like all right well i noticed the data falls into these four subsets okay let's label them and i have taken a shine to doing that and i've noticed that in the paranormal community we've whittled down the characteristics to maybe three categories and i feel if people can look at themselves decide where they fall into and then self-identify as such we can all really figure out who we should work with who's in communication is key now the first of those categories is the biggest one it's the tourist the paranormal tourist and sometimes that has a negative connotation like oh you're just a tourist but you know what our economy thrives on tourism. We need tourism. Places like the Conjuring House can't exist without said tourism. Yeah. So these are the people who watch the TV shows, watch the movies, want a thrill, want to experience it. And maybe on a Friday night, they'll go to a hunt, go, oh, I want to get scared. Mm-hmm. Won't do anything with that. They'll go back to their lives and that's it. Mm-hmm. You have the investigator. That's kind of like your, your bulk of the bubble mm-hmm. uh, in the community. Those are your black shirts. 
those are your people who form teams and go to the conventions. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're looking into this. We're serious. Here's my business card. And they spend lots of time and effort and money. They, these people really pour their hearts and souls into this. And it's their, it's their fad. It's like anything else. If you're into fantasy football, if you're into skiing, if you're into needlepoint and you spend all your time doing it, that's this for them. But right. they're getting the information, they're collecting EVPs, they're collecting data, but then they're not doing anything with it. And mm-hmm. most of them, I have to say, are trying to get that fast track to when am I getting my own TV show? Yeah. Put a pin in that. Okay. <laughs> the smallest, the smallest part of the uh, of the the triad of categories is the researcher. And I'm in that category. I want to affect change. I want mm-hmm. to lock down theory. It's adjacent to the academic community, the academic community who looks at us and go, you guys are wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, we, we have to build a bridge between those two communities because I've, I've seen paranormal conventions with the SPR uh, and, and other such organizations like, like the Rhine uh, Research Institute and you don't see any TV people there. I don't know any of their names. They don't know any of our names. There's no talk. There's no communication so we can't learn from each other. And I feel like each side has something to share with the other. I think we should be more clinical. We should be more logical. And mm-hmm. I think they should loosen up a lot and mm-hmm. accept that, yeah, this stuff exists. So to address your question about how mm-hmm. do I address uh, an investigation, all right, let's, let's go back to the contrary house. Right. I know that so much of the energy there is brought by the people who go there because of the movies. So they're bringing their intents, their hopes, the, everything about them, and they're leaving little, little minute bits all over the place. And then, through no fault of their own, the people who run it and own it want to continue to survive. So mm-hmm. they're going to foster that. Uh, they're not going to debunk on their own. If something happens and a person's like, oh, my God, something just happened. They're not going to go, oh, oh yeah, that was, the, uh, that was the heat coming on. They're going to go, oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. And again, their business, they have to survive. But mm-hmm. I will say I was rubbed the wrong way when I came in. And it wasn't the owner, but one of the tour guides said, oh, okay, who's been here before? All right, you, you, who hasn't been here before? I'm like, oh, me. He's like, okay, well, you have a choice. You, I can give you the history. I can give you the haunts. Or I'll let you go in blind. I'm like, yep, that's what I want to do. I want to go in blind. Okay, let me tell you about the 12 ghosts that are here. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't want to hear about your ghosts. Yeah. For me as an investigator, for, for me as a human being, I get it. I know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But as an investigator, I'm sure that's influenced a lot of people and it enhances the story. But mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to go there is because there is a hypothesis that I'm currently working on that certain places. Now I, I'm I'm still into the preliminary research on this, so I'm sure maybe someone else has come up with this, and I'm saying nothing new. <laughs> I feel that certain places, especially the ones that gain fame and notoriety, like the Conjuring House, the mm-hmm. Lizzie Borden House, maybe the Velisca Axe Murder House, typically yeah. murder, murdery things get the tourism yeah. and the reputation. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I feel that certain locations may gain a certain amount of rudimentary sentience, a self-awareness. 
in a very basic sense in the fact that maybe the place is alive and then needs the energy, needs the attention in order to continue to survive. It is self-aware, almost in the respect that a tree is alive. Yeah. A plant, a tree is alive. It won't talk to you. It won't say anything. It won't go, hey, you're stepping on my root. But it will do what it has to. It will grow in a certain way to get the sunlight. It will uh, employ defenses to protect itself. Uh, we don't, as we understand it, believe that trees are sentient in the way that animals and humans are. But I feel wow. like, yeah, we're pouring so much attention into it that mm -hmm. these places may be aware. And there's, I'll, I mean, this could fill a show on, unto itself. Uh, there's a I lot of noticing I, that plug into that theory. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I really do. Just because it's, I've gone into those places and, and, don't have nearly the experience that you or so many other people do, but I've gone into these places and you hear the hype and I walk in and I'm like, I'm a medium and I'm feeling a lot of residual energy. I can't place because like I explained to people from my experience when, as a medium, when I walk in, I might see this spirit or that spirit, but they're in two different time places. Does that make sense? Like I might have one from the 1950s, but I have one from 19 you know, 82 or maybe early 2000s or going back to the 17, whatever, it's in a different time place. And I'll feel this energy. And I'm like, it doesn't have a place in any of it. Yeah. None and of back, it. And backing away from, from, the, from that last theory, I also feel that because there's so much overlapping, mm -hmm. again, people say go to that particular farmhouse to, to re-experience something that happened in the 70s, but there was also the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, like, we're constantly evolving and history is constantly happening that you're either interacting with something that maybe should may choose to be in the house for whatever reason, mm -hmm. residual energy that is just playing, which you can interact with. Right. Anything that you may have brought something oh. that you're uh, bringing with you, mm -hmm. the energy of the other living people in the place, including yes. the caretakers, including those nearby we're we're spirits in a material world we're, we're we're driving these meat suits so when we're opening ourselves up to spirit and saying all right i'm ready i'm ready come come that openness that that vulnerability also makes us vulnerable to the person sitting next to us mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that and i've seen so many investigations go awry when feelings are hurt tensions are hot like things are because we are we are now raw nerves of emotion, letting this energy pelt us, and not everybody knows how to to block and defend against it. And and that ends up being huge. And that's the part that nobody sees. Those are all the things about investigation or paranormal, whatever whatever term you want to put under that nobody sees and nobody writes about, and you don't see it on TV, you know, which is incredible. And I love the fact that you're starting to at least look at some part of that, you know, and making that more aware. There's probably a TV show in there someplace, Brian, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Brian unfiltered in this house. Turn the water off. Let's go. You know, yeah. that type of a thing. Um, but I do like that. And I do agree with you in that because as you're talking, of course, as you know, because it's just my brain's wired that way. I'm seeing the house that literally has got, it's off the grid now. It has no electricity. It has no water. People are going, but this house is morphing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and why there's none of that that would fuel it. Yeah. other than the energy of people which is just really cool but it almost scares you as to what's it going to be like in 100 years you know when all these houses are really getting old 
There's a show on TV I like. It's it's paranormal, but it's not a reality show. It's called Ghosts on CBS. Oh, I love that show. And it's so I'll much fun. It all day. <laughs> it's it, what, what I love about And again, I don't know if they're doing it consciously, but it does. It, and that's the thing. You almost can't get any learning across without it being on a TV show. So I cite it a lot in that. One yes. of the things that's important to remember, look at the ghosts in that in that house. You have a Lenape Indian. You have, you have all these different... Uh, personalities and in the british version the same way they have different time periods and yeah. one of the characters i love the most is the lenape indian the tribesman because he doesn't speak like a stereotypical uh, first nation person because he's been around since those days he's mm -hmm. intelligent he's sentient so he hears the lingo he he adapts with the time as yeah. do we all and it's yeah. I, I feel like sometimes it's silly that we go into a place and say okay, well, uh, the ghost here is supposed to be from the 1700s, so we have to speak that way, otherwise it won't understand us. <laughs> what? Again, breaking norms, really thinking different. That box, again, you're in it. Break it, throw it away. And if you were anywhere, let's drop you into a foreign country for 100 years. Yeah. You would pick up a thing or two. Right. Oh, and that's just it. People don't realize that, that, Spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to talk, they're intelligent. Yeah. They're intelligent. You know, they, it just, it is what it is. They're just intelligent, which I, I love that somebody else sees that aspect of it, you know, because I like going in there and, and, and talking to spirits on that level. So, and this is if it's, and this again, because there's so many different ways to look at it. And again, we're still gray. Yeah. This is if we are speaking to a spirit that is, uh, still here or is visiting for whatever reason is in our space time at this moment mm -hmm. if we're going to talk about multi-dimensions if we're going to talk about uh, a space-time variance uh, a la the others again got to make a movie reference right where the nicole kidman character is living in her time mm -hmm. and is perceiving something from the future that again yeah in that case yes maybe the 1700 person may be startled or scared or, or or confused about what they're seeing right uh, if that's the case we should be thinking that yes if that is if that is what's happening why is it happening and it's not so much a ghostly thing but it's a space-time issue mm -hmm. let's call in some astrophysicists let's call in some people who can really get down to the math of well why is this happening in this location is there a uh some sort of folding of the fabric of reality where we're literally just scratching the surface of the things that we think we understand. And and I love the fact that you're you're the only person I've heard talk about this. Actually in this in this manner. You know, because you do hear a lot of as you know, you go into any of any venue events and you're gonna hear everybody talk about fifth dimension and this and that. And I always go, I'm confused. I really I I'll admit I get confused. Um, but you never hear people talk about that. You never tell. You never hear somebody start to bridge. Wait a second. What about all these? I mean, I talked about time periods yesterday in my speech, and they were all like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Just there's time periods." But then, and I kept saying, "I'm not going to talk about the dimensions because that's not my forte." But right. what about that? What What is that? Because I think that's very legitimate. What if if I'm going in and I'm and as a medium or an investigator, you're going in and you're speaking to that that woman of the 1700s, but really she's currently living right now. And yeah. she isn't just somebody that's passed away. Right. And it's like, when can we get to that point of investigation or that point of reality? 
And I think that's where we're going to just kind of blow the top up. And I don't think they have a TV show quite for that yet. Because <laughs> it's too educational. And it's unless, too they're, unless they're running around or have some marginalized group of people who haven't been seen on TV yet in the starring role, they're, they're, they're not going to do it. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I never thought they would have some of the TV shows on that they have now. You know, I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put the hat, my hat down to, and, and for some of these shows that went from poke the ghost to find the spirit, the story of the ghost. So <laughs> I'm seeing evolution going, wow, finally we're going someplace that's, you know, I like to see at least, you know, and I don't watch, I, we both know, and you know this, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't Google people. I try not to. I like to see people raw. I like to meet them and get to know them this way. You know, I'm not the big drama queen on any aspect. So for me, it's like, okay, somebody make something I want to watch, you know, something I can get into. And yes, people, if you're in the comments, if you have a question, answer it, ask it. I will, I will give it to Brian and say, hey, Brian, what do you have to, to say about this? I would and love I, to see that show. I would love to see that show. Coming up next on the Game Show Network, Poke the Ghost. Let's see who makes it. <laughs> you can do it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> that would be crazy. I think it'd be watch. awesome. I think that I would watch. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you this question just because I've asked it to you before in a panel. <laughs> I remember you looking at me going, God, that's an irritating question. I think when I asked it to everybody, they all went, God, that's an irritating question because you always get asked it. And I've yet to ask anybody in three years this question. Have you found the demon yet? Have I found the demon yet? One. Oh. Only one. Uh, you can read about it in my book, Grains of <laughs> Sand. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the book next. Chapter <laughs> seven. It's called uh, the the circle of fire. Really? Um, I mean, it's a, it's it's an important question, and mm. because of of TV shows and movies, everything is demonic. Like you wouldn't, the public wouldn't go see a movie about a a haunting that is benevolent and nice. It's like oh, and nothing happened, and it helped with the dishes, and oh no, it's got to be pentaspirators. I don't hits turning around and running around and just right. that's. Despite me being in the paranormal, I don't get entertained by those things. I, I I gain no joy from watching those things. So when people are like, oh, you haven't seen this and you haven't seen that, I'm like, no, I haven't. Because sometimes the work can be dark. Sometimes mm -hmm. the work can be depressing and it drains you emotionally as well as physically. So when I'm entertaining myself, I'm watching a comedy. I'm watching, I'm, I'm in space. I'm in Middle Earth. I'm, I'm somewhere other than in a ghost case. But... And this was especially true uh, back in 2009 when my crew and I went to Winbur, Pennsylvania. And the place there, the Grand Midway Hotel, mm -hmm. was the one and only case that I've ever worked on where I felt something that I feel comfortable and safe saying that was demonic. Okay. Now, for whatever that word means, that word has really taken hold in our society to say mm, this is what it is but i feel that i know i was raised catholic so mm -hmm. when you say demon angel demon god devil heaven hell right these have purchased with me i'm a non-practicing i'm a recovering catholic so <laughs> right i i i don't go to church but i i have all the teachings i have all the guilt stored mm -hmm. away and, and in, i get rid of it either 
and and in doing the working in the paranormal, I've found parallels to mm -hmm. that faith where okay, uh, I in, remember in my skeptical college years, I believed in nothing. I became very uh, atheistic, agnostic, even, and mm -hmm. I feel that the and, and I hate saying this, I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. I know there's something. I don't think it's a guy sitting on a cloud going help heaven help. No, it's. It's something more, it's something greater, and it's probably something out of our comprehension. Yeah. So to say demon, this could be an extraterrestrial. Mm, this could okay. be a creature. This could be something. So I do feel that I have had one demonic case, but it was, it echoed okay. for years until we came to uh, a conclusion. And again, the story in itself is a 45 minute story, but uh, the, the, the gist of it was after that case, uh, the, the, the color, the saturation of my life got turned down because it was just, oh my God, the world is filling up with evil and demons and there's nothing we can do to fight it. Because again, what can one person do against an entity that is a millennia old, that is only there to ruin your day? Mm -hmm. it's not paying taxes it's not it's not embroiled in the things that we are and mm -hmm. to think that oh yeah well we can fight it that's oh that's easy no you can't and even an exorcist will tell you yeah i'm not battling the demon i'm calling in a higher power through mm -hmm. me this is not me i don't have that power yep it sounds very much like alcoholics anonymous you can't do <laughs> this no i have more people get a hold of me like will you come clear my house no nope not even gonna try sorry yeah because I can't, I can talk to them. I can find out maybe why they're upset if they want to talk, but I really can't pack them up and move, make the move for you. It's got to be their decision, you know. Yeah. And I do believe that's with everything. I, I honestly do that believe that is with everything that might be quote unquote on the other side of that veil, you know. So I, I just like need, what's that? I feel like some of it is is again, it's that attention. Human beings, we like to feel special. So I can't count the number of people who, when they come out of a past life regression, say, oh, she told me I was Cleopatra in a former life. Oh, were you? You're the 18th one I've met. Um, <laughs> you know, our connection, and we see it on social media. I'm, I'm, I know it myself. Uh, when I tweet at, say, a, a movie uh, star or somebody or, or, or a musician that I really uh, mm -hmm. uh, like, their work. And they respond or they like it. i'm like oh my god this person this person responded to me yeah. they know they 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 acknowledge me they see me and that's rewarding and especially in this world where despite our interconnectivity we're all probably further apart than we've ever been the need to connect is important and when people say oh i i talk to archangel michael all the time i'm like do you it's a big name. That's like saying, oh, yeah, William Shatner tweeted at me. That's my Archangel Michael. I'm like, oh, that's my big my big thing. Right. On the flip side of the negative point, if you're tangling with a demon, that's almost like saying, yes, something demonic took the time. Like, I'm important enough to rule with demons. But I feel like more often than not, there's evil. Yeah. yeah. And, there's, there's, and there could be spirits having a bad day or a bad afterlife. And... Yeah. How many of them, like imagine a low-level spirit, just 
making a mess and, and, and doing things at a location. The team comes in, they're like, oh, what's happening? What's your name, demon? And it's like, oh, they're calling me even the spirits. Oh, they're calling me a demon. Yeah, I'm, I'm a demon. Yeah, I'm a demon. And <laughs> yeah. never has once has a spirit, demon, angel, entity, jinn, whatever, mm -hmm. given me their ID for me to, to verify. We take we take it on our word or we're feeling. So I feel like a lot of the, the demon talk out there are just negative spirit of which there are uh, unhappy human spirits. It is, I mean, it's just in this world, there's plenty of bad people. Oh, yeah. None of them we would call demons. Yeah. We call them other things, but <laughs> I'm always looking at somebody going, you know, grandpa died and he chose not to go to heaven. There's a reason. Yeah. He might be a little angry. It's been like a hundred years. Do you think grandpa's like over the garage? Or do you think since he wasn't able to talk this out, he might be a little more upset than he was to start with? <laughs> you know, it might resemble something a little different after some time has gone by, you know? Yeah. So I want to bring up your book, you know, Grains. Is, I can't, I, I thank you. I need the tutorial, Grains of Sand. <laughs> Grains of Sand. I need the tutorial on that. What is that book? Tell people about what they can find in there. Grains of sand. It was hard. And I went to college with the intent of becoming a writer. Oh. I majored in English, minored in psychology, because I wanted to understand how the, the brain worked, how people thought to make more believable characters. And then I got out of college. Life got the way. Whatever job I was in just took, took center stage. And I never really got to it. I never got to write the great American novel. Oh. Sure, I wrote Facebook posts and MySpace posts, and, and and now we have Twitter and what else you have, and, and that's where any of my creativity comes in. But I never got to write a book. And earlier in the hour, we were talking about how my mother took me to all these different things, and that really resonated with me and that I want to do it all. Yeah. Been on TV? Check. Been on no, the big okay. screen? Check. Been on stage, check. Been on the radio, check. Uh, I haven't I haven't come come out with an album yet, uh, so that's still <laughs> on there. And one of them was I I haven't written a book, and it would pain me. It it really would. And half of the problem was, what do I write about? Some people were saying you should write a tech manual. I'm like, I'm as techie as I am. I want to bring something new, not just what so many other people have said before. Well, what about uh, write about write about the haunting of this place? I'm like, ah, it's kind of a Hans Holzerie type thing. That's that's not me. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't have any conviction in it. Maybe I'll write about uh, my time on Haunted Collector. Oh, as the time goes on and the years expand, that is becoming less and less relevant. So what should I do? And I, I would flip flop back and forth, back and forth, not knowing what to do, putting lots of roadblocks in my own way. And finally, one day, my manager said, well, you have all these stories. I hear you on stage. You tell these stories. Just write down your stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. So I I got out the post-its. I started writing. Okay, there's a story about the Grand Medway. Oh, oh, there's a story about Lizzie Borden. Oh, there's that story where I was in that thing at that time. And I had all these post-its out of all these tales that I'm looking at and thinking, looking back on these experiences the things that i now know that these experiences were trying to teach me at the time but that i didn't see ah mm -hmm. oh. now the book is called grains of sand because as i was coming up 
I can, one of the questions I, I always get asked on panels is, when did you go from a skeptic to a believer? Okay. And each experience that I had out in the world, out on the road, I considered like a grain of sand. People are like, here, oh, it's okay. convinced you. I love that. A grain, sand, a grain of sand by itself is not convincing at all. I drop it at my feet. So yeah. reading, research, going on cases, getting mentored, all these grains of sand. Nope, nope, this is not the one. This is not what I'm looking for. What, when, when am I going to be convinced? And then mm -hmm. one day, metaphorically speaking, I looked down and all those grains of sand at my feet had formed a beach spreading out saw this out of me, this, this big landscape of all these experiences. And it wasn't one, it was many. And I had to consider what that meant. So grains of sand, for me, each chapter is a grain of sand that, yeah, alone, it might not convince you, nor is it my job to. But these experiences had lessons for me that I probably didn't learn at the time. But upon reflection, I can now say, yes, this is, this is the nugget inside. And uh, it's just... Finally, I, I love to be able to hold something that I've made in my hands that uh, took so many years to, to finally come out. I, lo I love that. And I love the fact that it's out. It's been out for, what, a year now? I mean, almost like a few more almost days. A, year. <laughs> a few more oh. days. I love it. I feel like I missed it because I do a lot of book launches on my radio show for people, which I love. And I feel like I missed it last year now. <laughs> so with that being sure. said, when's the next book? Oh my God. <laughs> another, 20, <laughs> another 20 years, maybe. Um, I finally got to go on Coast to Coast AM with George Nori last year on the book release date, uh, February 22nd, which was also my birthday. So it was a coincide of a lot of different things that I got to do that uh, really fulfilled that particular journey. And as far as when the, if, when, I know a lot of people are saying, you've got to do it, you've got to do it. I'm back in that, what's it going to be about? What's it, what should I write about? And I just, I don't want to just do more grains of sand. Right. For me, like, especially with my events, you know, mm -hmm. you notice that uh, my history of the paranormal exhibit is unique and that no one else is really doing it that way. Yeah. Last year, I teamed up with Dustin Parry to do Pathways, mm -hmm. which was something new and different. Uh, on my website, I've got a page called Paralosophy, which encourages people to think outside of said box that that we uh, agree shouldn't exist and mm. i'm always trying to do something different and if i see everybody's doing something i don't want to do it when the world zigs i zag mm -hmm. and that includes with myself too all right i've written a book about this mm -hmm. <sighs> what now a screenplay i, I don't know <laughs> i have written a screenplay I'm just seeing this screenplay of all the different parallel dimensions and all at the same time and just leaving you with that question at the end, kind of like what happened to them? <laughs> maybe, I'll help, uh, maybe I'll help Dan Aykroyd write uh, Ghostbusters 6. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Either, although I'm afraid of what you'd be catching. <laughs> Like, they've caught all the rest of the spirits. It's like, what are we catching now? People, live people. Let's just suck the souls out. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Uh, like when it comes to Ghostbusters, we all love Ghostbusters. In the oh, paranormal, yeah. it's like uh, that's the thing. Ghostbusters. And when I was ten, I was inspired by Ghostbusters. And <laughs> what made it different was all the movies up until that time were death, 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 demons, death. You're gonna die. Mm -hmm. The Omen, The Exorcist, all these dark movies. If it was about the paranormal, it was bad. And then in comes Ghostbusters. They, the, the, the two things that resonated with me was, A, we're ready to believe you. Mm -hmm. And B, 
they handled it with tech. So, ooh, well, that's you know, it was way before its time. I still actually, I just got my proton pack from Hasbro Pulse. A bunch of us are, are, are doesn't work obviously, but uh, kid again, I'm 10 years old again, and in that movie. They're there to help. They're there to, to to clear New York City of all the ghosts. And yet, mm-hmm. as much as we love it, none of us are ghost busters. Because in the movies, the ghosts are monsters. Yeah. You don't relate with any of them. And in the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters, it did go into more uh, of hauntings and spirits and after effects. And there, there was a lot of heart in it. And the writers did a good job of reading. There, there was an episode about Cthulhu and the Necronomicon where they actually read from the pages of the Necronomicon in that cartoon. And, and I'm thinking, is this something you you you'd want to get out to kids? But I will say, I, some of my Paranormal Foundation did come from, uh, was inspired by the real Ghostbusters cartoon because they, they went into issues that on the surface, yeah, they're running around and shooting lasers, but one called The Thing in Mrs. Faversham's Attic. It's about a, a father who wanted to provide for his family. He made a pact. He made a deal, uh, be it a crossroads or whatever. He tried to control a demon with an old tome. He thought he could control it. He didn't. So all he could do was bind it and bound it into the attic. Okay. And there it stayed. And he told his daughter, never go into the attic. Right. She grew up into an old lady. She's still in the same house, that attic. And the Ghostbusters have to come to, to, to deal with what's up there. But... You know, we're talking about haunted objects. We're talking about all the things we've been talking about today. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that on a cartoon when I was ten. <laughs> it's 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 important to get that foundation out there. Is I think what I'm getting at. Well, I think it is also. I think it is also because as you're speaking, and literally this whole the whole time we've been talking, I keep remembering something I just learned not that long ago. Because I'm a person that I learned how to do table tipping a year ago, and of course that table's flipping all over, and it's great. And then somebody went. Hey, let's do it the way they used to do it. And I went, well, what's that? And they're like, you just lay your hands on it. You talk to the table. Yeah. It doesn't have to fly all over the room. And I went, whoa, what a concept. You know what I mean? I, I was mind blown. But let's take this back to where the beginning was. And it, it, we actually talked it. We talked to the table or the spirit or whatever that was with it was just amazing. It was amazing to me to take something like that and take it one step regression versus going forward with it. And I think that that makes a big difference. So when my exhibit comes, because in my exhibit, I have a table tipping table and it just has a little board on there that says who tipped the table and it tells you about it, but I would love to see that in action. So when it comes to your estate, come to Wisconsin, I need you to, I need you to, oh. to, to do some tipping for me. I'm your girl. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll get some tipping going on. It'll be great. I'll love I'll it. <laughs> A lady is asking, her son had cerebral palsy, he's since passed away, but she said um, that he spoke to the spirits all the time. She wants to know, do you feel like if he was a beacon to spirit, and I know we can't talk about him in general, you know, or him specifically, but in general, do you think some people are just more beacons for the spirits to come to them? I think as with everything in life, there are people that have strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. We all have the ability to do everything but some people are naturally better than others. Uh, I can't, I literally, I cannot, I would be the worst NBA player because I can't crumple up a piece of paper and throw it in the trash. Like literally it's become a joke with my friends and that I will, it could be right next to me. I will miss I don't know, <laughs> my visual acuity or accuracy or whatever. Some right. people can play music. Some people can play sports. Some people 
can interact with spirits. And I remember I was talking to a, a demonologist friend of mine, not the one you're thinking. Uh, <laughs> he told me about people having grace. And this is tied into the, to the Catholic Church, that there's some people who have more grace that are almost more seen mm-hmm. by those things. And I think via our actions and via the things that we do, like anything else, you practice at something, you get better at, you get more acute. I'm definitely more in tune than I was 20 years ago. I still can't speak to spirit, mm-hmm. but I can walk into a room and go, oh, oh, okay, I, I feel something here. And that's where I'll I'll grab a medium and say, hey, I'm feeling something. What is it? What What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And I think certain people, some people can be born with it. It's uh, I feel like it can be generational, uh, passed down through family members, and others have to work hard at it to develop it. So uh, in the case of her son, yeah, maybe just he was special in that way that, yes, didn't have to think about it, just just did it. Which is pretty amazing. Cassie is asking what's table tipping. And table tipping is literally an essence of the table. You could, I guess the best way to, to oh, God, I get kind of tongue-tied because there's a few different ways of looking at it. But as, essentially, the table wants to talk to you, whether it be the energy in the table, a of the table, a spirit attached to the table, whatever you want to look at it or however this particular table is. But you feel the table. And you really kind of feel it. Just does it want to move? Does it want to work? Because essentially the table is going to work. It's going to move for you. You put your hands on it, kind of rub the table. You just kind of join energy with it. And then the table starts to just, you can feel it, a vibration in it. And then if you're lucky enough, it just starts going from one foot to the other. And it actually starts moving like this. And you can ask it questions. And that was what was mind-blowing to me you could ask it questions and it would actually answer me back by the way it was moving now you can take that to another level and you can get that that table flying all over a room which is just insane and it's one finger on the table and it's 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 gone to town it's it's fun but i'm liking the new way of doing it so that's what table tipping is at rudiment it's an old seance type of thing they did back in the 1800s i don't know <laughs> physical physical mediums would do things of that sort because it was something that that to the skeptic to the person in the room was like i can't see this i can't feel this stuff it was a visual way to show that yes there was spirit contact and i remember again in the skeptic portion of my my career when the spirit boxes first came out this was a this was a big deal uh and i remember there and everyone seems to have forgotten about it but there was a prophecy uh, back at that time where they said oh there's only 30 people on the planet who have the the spiritual acumen to connect in this way and now i mean you look on tv everybody does it i have a spirit box you have a spirit box he she it has a spirit box yeah i think that was a uh, that was a comment to control but mm-hmm. we're gonna back off of that but <laughs> when it comes to uh the interaction one of the people who was at the beginning of that who believed he had he was one of the 30 i asked him i said well all right, you have this device. How, how can you explain how it works? Because I'm a techie. I yeah. want to know because then I should be able to duplicate it and replicate the activity. Right. He explained. He's like, well, uh, this is this is just a tool. More often than not, I hear the answer in my head. I feel it. Then this verifies it. So to the people who can't hear as I do, this is a way for them to to visually yeah. see what i'm getting and i i have just like you've been doing table tipping mm-hmm. uh, and you know i've i've been getting into pendulums yeah 
past uh, several years. And again, I couldn't explain it, but at the same time, when I opened up myself up to it, I'm now fairly adept at getting it to do, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's what I want, but uh, the answers that come through, it's, a, it's just a visual tool because I, I feel like now when I'll ask a question, before it even starts moving, I already know the answer. I'm like, oh, I, I, oh it's confirming what I want. Yeah. Well, not what I want, but what I what I believe is is coming through. Yeah. And those are my tools. Those are the tools of my trade. You know, and I tell people I'm a medium and I go into do investigation. I'm taking myself, I'm taking thousand rides, I'm taking my pendulum and maybe a pad of paper and a pen. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm I'm excited that you're kind of bridging over the two worlds. <laughs> We're gonna make a medium out of you before you know it, Brian. <laughs> I write about it in my book, Grains of Sand, Tales of Paranormal Life. <laughs> We need like an infomercial on you with that. Chapter's <laughs> called The Painting and the Pendulum, now available wherever I, fine books are sold. I love it. We need an infomercial with that. We do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, where are you going next? Where are you going next? Where can people find Brian? Uh, the best way to, to keep up with me is on my website, neverstopsearching.com. On it is an events page, which the minute I get something signed into contract that it's happening i'll throw it up on the page uh next two months and i'm i feel like i'm in february already so actually the next next two months march and april uh there's gonna be two showings of my history of the paranormal mobile exhibit one is going to be in wilmington delaware and the second is going to be up in uh, nashua new hampshire so um details are on my website Uh, i've got one more showing of Pathways with Dustin aboard the USS Salem. I think that's in June. A number of different convention appearances and some boutique experiences of my own. Uh, Yeah, check it out, neverstopsearching.com. I'm here, there, and everywhere. And uh, I'd love to see you guys out on the road. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping I get to see you in Michigan. I will be at at Michigan Paracon for sure. All right. I will see you in Michigan. (laughs) Awesome. 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 I get to annoy you yet again. (laughs) (laughs) that's my that's my forte let me annoy people you know they say hi i love it so before you leave what would be one piece of advice you give to people um just uh, paranormally speaking because i got plenty of advice we'll be here all day anything anything that just pops up to your head i feel like the obvious piece of advice which isn't so obvious know your goal what are you in this for? And I feel so many people when they get into the paranormal mm-hmm. will speak the lingo that they assume everyone wants to hear from them. They'll talk the talk. They won't walk the walk. And again, know which category you're in. Tourist, investigator, researcher. There's nothing wrong with being in any of them. And you can graduate up or down. You could fluctuate. So in making these categories, mm-hmm. Knowing what what category people are in, I'm a researcher. When I'm on a on a, a public investigation, if there's people messing around the corner, being acting stupid, I'll get annoyed. But now that I go, oh, they're tourists, they wouldn't act any other way. I'm like, okay, that's who they are. It helps me deal with them. It'll help. It, it'll help everybody deal with each other. So be honest with yourself. If you're in the paranormal, why are you here? It's because you had an experience, you want answers, you want a TV show. All these are valid reasons. Just know it. Be honest with yourself and with everyone else. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining me today. Saying yes. And 
you know what? You've literally taken that box and I'll tell you what, you crumbled it, I think, for a lot of people. And I appreciate that. Well, I do because you know what? I brought you in as a paranormal box and we have explored everything outside of it also, which I think is beautiful. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You have a beautiful day. Everybody else, I'll see you in a few minutes with your weekly reading. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. If you have a set of dowsing rods or a pendulum lying around, then learn how to use them. WLTK DB Talk Radio is hosting a divination and clearing class Saturday, February 11th, 2023. This is an online event and seats are limited. Registration deadline is February 5th. In divination and clearing, you will work with certified psychic mediums Ellie Weisensell and Stephanie Lynn to learn and deepen divination techniques using dowsing rods and pendulums. They will also work to help teach you to use divination practices to clear and release negative energies. To register, contact the station or register online on Eventbrite. Tickets are a staggering value at only $125 each. Register now and join the class online Saturday, February 11th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Divination and Clearing Class. Tickets on sale now. everybody welcome back this is Diet here on school through spirit with wltkdb.com this morning i have had brian cano on with me what a delight um just i i hope you've had the chance to watch it all um if not if you only missed if you only got a few pieces of it go back and watch more of it brian has just got such an, an amazing story all that he's done and Literally, I think he's correct. I could have him on and we could talk for hours upon hours upon hours about different subjects. Um, just because he's just, he doesn't, he's not just, he's not a one trick pony, I guess, to, to, to best place it. And he's always looking for that, that further information, that further. So, which I love. And no, Cassie, I was not going to ask him to do a pendulum reading, although I've seen it and I would have been really impressed. But I will tell you what. The next time I see Brian in person, I will ask him to do one, and I'll let you guys know. How's that sound? Or if you guys see him in person, because he is. You can follow him on his uh, website and find him at a location. You would love, hey, Des, you would he's just as wonderful in person as he is on the screen. Um, so always feel free when you see him, go up, say hi. If you see him at a convention, go up, say hi. That's why he's there. He wants to talk to you, answer your questions, educate and always looking outside that box, burning the box, get rid of the box. Um, <clears throat> and so this week, we are going to use the Moonology cards, guys. Moonology. I have become obsessed. This is my obsession for those two weeks. Let's face it, until I find another. You guys are going to have to start giving me some ideas of different cards, guys. You really are. Um, hey, Courtney, I'm not I'm not doing personal readings today, honey. Just one across the board. Um, so... Anybody have ideas of cards, please let me know. I would love to go check them out. 
um, and go from there. Todd's like, I love these cards. They must be good because he's been on my Halloween deck since I got it. So these cards are really awesome. Um, but again, I'm going to have to start a GoFundMe page for my card addiction. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who knows? GoFundMe for my, hey, Wild Bill, my, my card addiction. They are they are huge, refreshing energy into the paranormal on it. You are 110% correct. I just, someday, I mean, if Brian ever went back to investigating and Mike was there, I think I would probably join if I had the free week. I have my, now my nose, my spirit's coming in because my, my nose is going, oh, judge, judge. Um, I would probably, I would take the time to buy the ticket and go. I would definitely, <laughs> I love Monopoly. You're being me, Cassie. I'm always missing letters and, and turn it into something else. And I'm that I'm being that irritating person that's pointing that out. Because I hate it when people point it out to me. It's like, you know what I meant. <laughs> so, guys, we're doing five-card stud, which is, <laughs> I love you, Cassie. Um, I do it all the time, Cassie. It's, it's, it's scary. I'm always, always, always dropping letters or words. And what I said does not look like what I said anymore. Um, but we are doing... Do a show on favorite 10 decks. That would be a show, isn't it? Oh, my God. I would have to do that with Missy Hart. Oh, my God. Um, so today is, and I haven't had Missy on for like a year, so it's it's time. Um, five cards done, guys. Pick your number one, two, three, four, five, whatever number card you want. Or, you know what? Pick them all. Whatever you like. It doesn't really matter. Japanese. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, so this really is just what you're going to work on for the reading for the week. So this isn't my individual readings, obviously is tomorrow night. Um, and my unfiltered with Mike and Diet show today is just a general across the board. Pick your card, pick them all. As you all guys, oh, I can't even speak today. Oh my gosh. Um, as you guys know, I always take all five for myself and then, oh my gosh, before Tara calls me out, I want my qualifying card. Look, I don't know which one to use. God, there's so many good ones. I feel like I should open the drawer. Should I open the drawer? Oh, my God. Oh, I got... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go with this, I guess. Let's go with this. Um, no, we're going to do two things. They're telling me to open the drawer and do this. So um, we're going to use the Beyond Lemuria cards as that extra card to kind of pull it all together and they're telling me to pull out the ascended master deck this is if i don't that's if i can open up the deck this is an itty bitty deck guys and how many how many do i have i don't know i don't know i like tarot and oracle cards and the funny thing is is i only use them for the show's test clearly because i can't get in the box um I cannot get in the box, but I have a lot of decks because I love, I love cards. I love them. And this is how my obsession goes, does. And anybody that wants to know, I walk into my metaphysical store, which for me is Ursan Books and Gifts in Janesville, Wisconsin. So I walk in there and I'm doing readings for the day or um, I'm going in to say hi or whatever. And they have, they always put a card, a deck out to pick a card for the day. And if the deck tells them something I want to hear, I buy the deck. <laughs> So, and I got them in drawers, and I got them on shelves. I, I got I got a lot of cards. So, this is what we're going to do, other than my nose. Um, I love it, Wild Bill. Not enough, LOL. So, card number one, time to gather 
then take the new moon in Virgo. So a time to gather, then take. I like this card. I, I like all cards, guys. But I like this because with the new moon, time to gather. This is saying that, guess what? You are bringing all this and this is your time to start. Okay, this is your time to start. This is like the one one ones, the beginning, the first of the year. You know, all about the new moon is really about that beginning, that beginning, you know, we're looking at hopes and dreams and bringing all this together. So you're bringing all this together. And now you're going to start to take action on it. Okay, so all those do a show on cards, please. <laughs> okay, we will do that for you guys. Um, I'll see if Missy will do it with me. But this is really what this card is stating. Okay, we're you're at a beginning state. You're at a beginning stage. It is time for you to gather all those hopes and dreams, bring them all into one place, and then you're going to start to do something with those. Okay, card number two. Your hard work is paying off. Eh, I love this. I like how I see. It's now you know why I picked this card. Card number two. The hard work is paying off, and I, this is also a very interesting card because as you see, it kind of put the Capricorn in there. Okay, the Capricorn. Who are all the, they're the hard workers of the zodiac, you know. They were, and I don't know a lot about astrology, so I'm I'm sure I'm missing the beat here on something. But this is really about you have really done a lot. You've put in the work, you've put in your study time, you've put in your practice, and it's starting to show. You know, we're still working in the new moon. It's the new moon of Capricorn. So again, this is still both new moon, guys, new moon. Okay. But this card is really saying that you put in the work, but it's just the beginning. You know, you put on this whole, all this hard work, but you're still in the beginning part of it. So again, you're, you're gathering it all up. It's all shown up and now you're going to start to see the payoffs of it. Card number three, the answers you need are coming. And this is in the full moon. Ooh, I like this. The answers you're that you need are coming to you. If you pick number three, this ends up being huge because you are looking at your life. You're asking questions. You're wondering all those things like, when's it going to happen? When can I do this? How do I do, do that? All those millions of questions. And it's saying that, guess what? You asked, now it's time to receive. So start to look around you for those signs. Start to look around those for, for people that randomly say stuff to you. Those ideas that pop in your head. All those things, you know, a bus passes by and you see sign on the side, you know, a, something on the side of it writing. The answers are there. They are there. You just really have to open up your, your site and see it. And trust me, you're getting all of them now. Card number four, luck is on your side. The new moon is in Sagittarius. I like how we're going back to the new moon. Again, it's all about beginnings with the new moon. And this is really cool. Because this means that, guess, your guides are working with you and everything is, I don't necessarily believe in luck. I, I mean, I do because there's bad luck, good luck, blah, blah, blah. But when it's good luck, I'm thinking more it's about my guides. My guides and me are working in tandem and we got the flow and I'm not questioning them. I'm just doing it. I'm going with it. And I do believe that's what this is. If you pick number four, you are really starting to work in tandem with spirit, with your guides. The flow is happening. You're not getting any obstacles. Why? Because you're finally doing as you're told or you're listening and respond responding successfully and i think that's what card number four is about oh my gosh guys adrenal i'm going to do this more often because i'm telling you what i've opened up my adrenals and they're just all coming out card number five and the last one for the actual reading is work through your fears new moon again guys beginning beginning working through those fears fear will stop you fear will stop you so with this you have to go you know what I have a fear. Why do I have a fear? And then work through that fear. Bye-bye, Bill. Thank you for coming in, dear. You have to work through that fear, okay? 
once you work through the fear, you're going to be able to push on. You're going to be able to get to where you need to be. Okay. So card number one was a time to, to get to give rather than to take. Time to give rather than take. I actually flipped that around because it's not what it felt like to me. To me, it was more about gathering everything and it's time for you to take action. That's really how I see in that card, not the what it said on the, on the words. Now, I will also tell you, um, I'm a big one when I talk to people about reading cards. It's not necessarily the words that are on the card. You look at the card and what it feels to you, okay? And that's what it felt to me. All about that newness. Um, card number two was your hard work will pay off. Again, guys, you've been working your butts off. It's it's really coming together. Card number three is the answers you 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 need are coming to you. So start looking around because you're going to get a lot of aha moments. Card number four was luck is on your side. Why? Because you're working with your guides. You're working with the higher power, whatever it might be. And through your fears, work through your fears was card number five, which is, guys, you just got to face it. You got to do that. I'll tell you what. All five made sense to me. It felt like they were speaking to me. So I guess I have a lot of new things in the plans and the works that are going to be coming to fruition because I have done a lot of hard work. So I'm I'm going to take that and run with that myself. So let's pull a card to kind of bring them all together. I'm like slamming things all over the place. Okay. Um, let's pull this together. Um, I got to do a shout out for technology today after we do the reading. Okay. So what card brings this all together? Oh my gosh. It is Reclaim Your Energy. Look at that card. Look at that card. Our energy is our, is our responsibility, and how we give it away becomes a conscious choice as we step into empowerment. And yes, it is possible to restore fragments of yourself we gave away before we came to this awareness. You have the power to own your energy and choose where you direct it. If you are not at your optimal vibration, consider the core of why this may be. Detach from depleting influences and boast or boost positivity. It is up to you to make the shift. Transform your life by choosing healing and self-empowerment. Kickstart the upward spiral to abundant energy and soul presence. Wow, does that not fit with everything so far? Oh my gosh. Come on, guys. You can't. We can't make this up. And I really do feel like these cards are speaking to me as long as you guys do, all of us. So I wanted to do the last one. Now, I don't know all the Ascend Master, guys. So I'm going to tell you, I'm pulling one, but I don't know them all. So I'm just going to tell you who it is that we get. Y'all are going to go have to look it up yourselves. You know, we got a little research on your own. So you are seeing this situation accurately. And it's Horus. Horus. Pretty awesome. You're seeing this situation accurately. I like that. So once you bring all this stuff together, guys, and you're in the new beginning, and you're going, wow, can I do this? Can this really happen? Trust me, you're seeing it the way you're supposed to. Okay? Oh, my gosh. I just, I don't even want to put the cards away today. Holy crap. They're so awesome. They're so awesome. Let's put some of this away. And I want to read about all of our shows. I don't even know if I have the most updated list anymore, but I'm going to read what I got because I'll tell you what, I can't even put, I couldn't get the deck out and I can't get it back in. Oh my gosh. My addiction shows, my addiction shows. It's like, don't do it. Don't do it. <gasps> don't put us away now. Don't put us away now. You know, 
Um, it's just how it works. Just how it works. Okay. So I am going to go to Facebook and I am going to bring up what I do believe is my most current list of shows that we have. Okay. Let me see. Clearly, myself and my my boss here message back and forth a lot. Oh, current show listing. This was from January 16th, guys. This was from January 16th. Where did it go? Let's bring it up. Okay, the current show schedule. It's going to just two pages now, guys. Oh, and guess what? We celebrated three years last Friday. So we're going into the beginning. We're just rocking it here. So Monday morning, we always start with myself. Yet, you know, here at 9 a.m. with School Through Spirit, at a, at noon, we have got Barnaby Jones on Monday Morning Monsters. I can tell you what, Barnaby's getting out there. You can start to look at him in different places of the country. He's amazing. Beyond the Grave with Ashley Moreno and Ben is at 7 p.m. And that's a newer show. Be the Change with Christina Bloom at 8 p.m. And the Paranormal Room with Christina Bloom and Logan Jacobson is at 9. Tomorrow morning, we start with Exploring the Paranormal with Heather Lee at 9 a.m. Slipstream Shaman with Todd, Todd Wilcox is at noon. Anne with Anne Shin is at 5 p.m. And she is doing readings, guys. She is doing readings. Unfiltered with Diet and Mike is at 6 p.m. And that show, guys, we've kind of transformed that because I'm doing the reading and he is doing life coaching based on the reading, which has really been just hugely amazing in the outpouring. Moment to Moment with Linda Hope after that at 7 p.m. Spirits are talking with Lisa Silverman, 9 p.m. sometime in February. She is starting. I'm not sure when, but let's get it on your dockets. And at 10 p.m. is Paranormal Pete with Pete Orbea. Wednesdays, we are a little light on Wednesdays. So if you want to show Wednesdays or Fridays are the days for it, is self -care, the self-care show with Deidre Sanford at 10 a.m. The Psychic Hour with Kelly Brickle is at 3 p.m., another amazing show to watch. CMBL with Kelly Eckhart and Cheryl Murphy, 6 p.m. I'm obsessed with that show, just so y'all know. Um, on to Thursdays, we have got Chat with Charlie with Stephanie Lynn at 9 a.m. The Tyson's Gift Podcast with Brandon Wainwright is at 6 p.m. Realm of Darkness is with Ashley Moreno. Our Renee Rodriguez and Ashley Moreno at 7 p.m. Um, and Afterlife Chronicles is still on break with Nicole Strickland, but I'm, let's send out prayers that she comes back to us because it's an amazing show. And Voice of Oneness with Amara Bonet is at 10 p.m. Now, Fridays, Soul and Synergy Radio with Terry and Danny at 10 a.m. Y'all got to check that one because it is flipping awesome. And it's a two-hour show, guys, which is even better. The Psychic Hour Reading Show with Kelly Brickle is at 3 p.m. And that is where she's doing readings. And I'm telling you what, throw her your numbers. Holy cow, you're going to be amazed. That woman, she does psychic like nobody else. Twilight Tonight with Dee Dee Moonflyers at 6 p.m. New Bridge Radio with Kevin Mackey is at 7 p.m. Twisted Ascension with Caden and Elisa Mask. Elisa Mask is at 8 p.m. And our very own Todd Bates and Nicole Strickland have Haunted Voices at 10 p.m. Friday nights. Wow, that's a mouthful. What do you think? What do you think? That is a mouthful. Oh, thank you, Miss Anne, for coming in. Now, next week, who do we have on next week? Drum roll, Miss Anne. Miss Anne, that's your cue. You're coming to me next week. Oh, yes, we had her on last fall, and she is so flipping amazing. 
Ana is coming back on. She's going to grace us. I love her. I love her. I love her. We're going to make her wake up really early because she's in Arizona, guys. So, yes. But we're going to have her come in and talk about all things tarot, all things, everything that she does. Maybe we'll get Ana to give me a reading because I love it when Ana gives me readings. <laughs> and you can see her magic as she works. Yes, next week. <laughs> yes, next week. Next Monday morning, Ana, it's you. So bring your cards. We're not going to do readings for everybody, though, because she does that on Tuesday nights. You guys can find her on Tuesday nights here on our station. She's also on um, Spiritual Rum Network. And then there's another one. She does readings for everybody. So I'm going to ask her just to do one for me because this lady flipping rocks the tarot cards. Holy shit, guys. Oh, my God. And once she does it, I'm going to tell all of you to go to her website and book this woman because you will be blown you will be blown away by her readings seriously um and it'll just be a demonstration but holy shit guys seriously this this way this woman can can throw some cards um either way guys that's it for me this week as i said if you follow me uh, you can follow me tomorrow night to um unfiltered with diet mike tomorrow night at 6 p.m on a's on at five if you want her to do some tarot reading for you throw your questions to her she'd love to do that an hour before i get on um she's a rock star and i'll tell you what I'm, you want it you want it you got to get in early you got to get in early with on a because i'll tell you what in the first five minutes if you're not putting your questions she may not get to you because it's that she's that quick and that fast which is super amazing now for myself, I'm going to let you know, guys, I have beginners, mediumship, psychic mediumship development course that I have started. It did start last week. But if you want to take the course, you can still get in. It's not too late. Okay. The first week is really just some, it's like the very beginning. It's some basic, it's some under, some knowledge. Easily can hand that to you. Go through it really quick, easily to get into it. If you've ever had the tickle tummies, if you've ever wanted to explore your psychic mediumship, psychic or mediumship development, and kind of just be able to speak to your guides or understand the signs, this is really an amazing class for you. Um, just message me at Diet Renee Psychic Medium or my private page, which is Diet Renee. You know what? Go to my, go to my website, which is dietrenee.com. Um, uh, lots of different ways, lots of different ways. And I do it. I am teaching the class two different nights. One is on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. The other one is Friday evenings at 6 p.m. Just because people were like, hey, we need extra time. So I'm like, there you go. So we got that for you. Um, oh, and I wanted to do a shout out. I'm telling you, I'm going to start every week. I need to be reminded to talk about this little gadget. Okay. I'm going to tell you, it's right here. This is what it comes in. It's called the dot. Okay. Cool little packaging. Yes. Tell the dot. Somebody take the dot corporation. Tell them I'm talking about them. This is the dot card. You like it? This is a dot card, guys. Okay. This card is really, really cool. And I'm going to show you why. Because this is my business card. It's an electronic business card. And you can see, well, you see other people message on there. But there's nothing really on my phone. Now, if I go like this, I touched it. I click right there. I click there again. The dot does this wonderful thing. And there's all my information. There's all my information at the touch for somebody. This is cool, guys. This thing is awesome. And it's only $20 for one card. You can go to the dot.com um, and order one card, or I think it's three for 58 or 60, whatever, with shipping and handling. This thing is 
phenomenal. And I used it this weekend. I used it a lot this weekend, which was super awesome. Okay. It was super awesome um, to use it. I, I mean, I had my regular business cards, which were awesome to have with me um, for all the people that wanted that. But for the younger generation, I kept going, hey, give me your phone. And I put this in this. And literally, when it comes up on your phone, they literally hit save to contact. And now I'm a contact in their phone. I'm a, all my information is in their phone at the finger's touch. It's awesome. Tag dot dot com. Let them know I'm advertising them because I'll tell you what, I want everybody to go get one of these. I had my doubts, but I'll tell you what, I love this card. I love, love, love it on so many different levels. And now I know for everybody that literally I touch their phone with this, they can also take a picture of it. Guys, they can take a picture and do the same thing, which is so cool. So for the people that don't want you that close to them, literally you can do this, put it on a stand, have them take the picture. It pops up, which is super awesome. Um, again, I'm encouraging this. I do have my old-fashioned business cards. I probably will forever. But um, dot is it dot dot cards? Thank you, Courtney. Dot dot card. Uh, yeah, dot dot card. Exactly. Dot dot card is exactly what it is. It's new. It's revolutionary. And they also have not just the card, but they also have an actual dot that you can put on your phone. An actual dot. So this does come in three different three different forms, which is really awesome. Whatever your needs are. But that's my spiel. Guys, go to dot dot card. Get these things. Save the planet. Flipping phenomenal. Let's all go into the next the next technology. And if I'm doing it, we all know I don't do technology. So if I'm doing it, y'all know this stuff works. Well, that being said, guys, you guys have a great week. I will see you next week with Miss Ane. This is Diat here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com.